Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. All right. Heyo, ladies. Welcome to episode six of She Slays the Day podcast. Um, Today's a special treat because we have Kirby with us. I've talked about you so much already. Um, I'm sure people are like, who the heck is this magical guy? Because they couldn't hear you on the bonus episode. Sorry about that. I'm sitting much closer to the mic today. We got a new mic too. And if you saw how we were set up, I'm sitting like four feet away from the mic and Kirby's on top of it. So we tested. You should be able to hear him just great this time. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to start with a review. Uh, how do you work this freaking iPhone? Okay. All right, touch I got it. it. Touch I it with your it. thumb. I got it, I got read, it, I got read it. Read the words on the screen. <laughs> okay. So this one is called Students Need More Of. The thing always cuts it off, so I have to, like, finish the review. So I'm assuming it's, it's students like, need more of this. It's like Mad Lips. Right. It starts say, with a T. Say it now. Students <laughs> need more of this, we're going to say. And it's by Susie S. D.C. As a student, I'm constantly trying to find more and more of the spiz or inspiration. My school doesn't get much of the vitalistic love. Sad, I know. So I have to find outside sources. I can't wait to tune in every week, especially on my way to school, and have the flame continuously fanned. Thank you for reaching out to the chiropractic community and spreading the truth. Can I ask a question? Don't ask it. You're going to embarrass me in front of my friends. No, I have to ask it now because no. I need someone to I need someone to answer it. <laughs> I don't know I, what it means. When people capitalize T-I-C at the end or T-O-R. Yeah, I'm a chiropractor. What is that about? I don't know. Because we've been to like conferences and I've read all the stuff. Okay, like so I'm immersed in this world. I feel like here's why I like just go along with it is because I feel like um it means that like i like am straight chiropractic philosophically i'm in line with like innate and the body can heal and i like live and breathe the chiropractic philosophy like the original og philosophy but i don't understand what what that has if that's right yeah um and 
what that has to do with capitalizing tick and tor. So somebody's going to write us, write it. Please do. Please do. Yes. I'm going to, I like the interaction. So I'm going to ask people to like react to things. And All right. I think it's fun, but <laughs> anyway, so tell us what that's about. And I also find it funny of like straight and vital, like straight chiropractic. I feel like that's such a, it's such a distinction of within that. I'm sure there are so many varying lines of like, well, do you take ibuprofen? Like, you don't believe in the innate healing power oh, yeah. of the body? Oh, like, yeah. That's, okay, that's a very valid point. Man, you're embarrassing me so much in front of my friends. I'm just um, here to ask questions I as totally, an outsider. When I'm going to conferences, I pack a small baggie of ibuprofen because I know um, if I'm like having a lot of upper back tension or something like that, I can't just like go around being like, hey, you got any ibuprofen? So I have to like secretly, like if I'm going to a chiropractic specific thing, I have to make sure I bring ibuprofen just in case I need it because I know I can't go around asking for it. Sure, the upper Jeez. back tension, that's what you need it for. What would you, I don't even know what that's in reference It was a, it was a hangover joke, so. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay, good point. All right, so can we move on? You're sidetracking me. You're a bad influence. So let's start with our prayer. And you know what? On the last episode, I talked about how um, your prayers are so much prettier than mine. So I'm going to have you lead us in prayer today. Thanks for putting me on the spot. I know. Oh, I, know I love, I love you. it. All right, here we go. Uh, dear God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this amazing woman that I get to share my life with and these amazing new products, projects that we do together, um, help us be a conduit for your will and what you want. Help us to look to connect with you and see you in everything, um, and help help everyone who's listening. Help them hear what they need to hear, get closer to you, and find their way um, to a deeper peace. However, that may happen. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. It's bad that I reached for my gin and soda while you were praying. Well, that's right. Yeah, not after. Well, I open my eyes and look up and... Hey, it's Friday afternoon. We're doing happy hour while we record this. Okay, so then uh, read us our question, Kirby. All right. Um, so our question comes from Callie, and we know Callie. We know Callie. Because We love Callie. Callie is the best. She owns the Hive Chiropractic. Uh, in Holman, Holman, Wisconsin. Holman, Wisconsin. Callie interned for us, um, but she's got a great question. Uh, she had a bunch of questions, but we narrowed it down to this. So, so she talks about, um, at first, I think the biggest thing I've learned so far from opening is that everyone I've ever idolized has a past that is very different than how they practice now. They started from square one and people don't really share the real and raw part of opening. Like how many coaching groups you have to go through to find your way or how many times you change things up or how many mistakes you've had to make to figure it out. So I feel if you just shared how you started and like remember the nitty gritty details, people will L-O-V-E it. If I can think of any more questions, I'll resubmit. <laughs> um, but she clarified a little bit more when we asked. Um, she wanted to know. Uh, what is something you did at the beginning of practice that you would never do again? Or what are five things that you would change? Okay, so here's my fundamental problem with this question. One, I know Callie. And so what she's saying is like, what mistakes did you make so everyone listening can avoid them and end up in the perfect spot? So they can skip that time of like, you know, she's asking like, everyone's different than when they were. And that would be like, um you know, like a 16-year-old asking a 50-year-old, like, what are all the mistakes you made in life so I can just have the wisdom that you have at 50? And he's like, oh, 
gosh, that's just not how it works. I, we got to this place through the beauty of those mistakes. Yeah. Um, and that's how you find, like, that's really how I feel like you hit a guardrail here and there and you find like what you value and what you don't. And um, so no matter what we say in this podcast, you're gonna fuck up. And that's okay because it's going to be a part of your story. Like there's, it's inevitable. You cannot avoid going down quote unquote the wrong path. Yeah. Um, Because philosophically, I don't believe there is a wrong. And so this is why this is hard for this question for us. Yeah. We talked about it because it's like literally nothing is what, what was her wording? Like terrible or. uh, Oh yeah. What does it say? Uh, What is something you did at the beginning of practice you would never do again? And there's literally nothing. There's literally nothing I would never do again. Yeah. Because this sounds so corny, but like we learned from it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a general philosophical we're thing. We're going to answer. We're going to yeah, give you some we're gonna, shit. So we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. This isn't just an hour of Kirby we'll, and I drinking gin and soda and being like, Callie, stupid question. Bad question. <laughs> you need to get your mind right. No, but that is a philosophical thing that I thought of when, when we were kind of going down memory lane and looking at this of of well that yeah that was a mistake or we did fix that but part of that part of where we are now is learning those things being able to adapt from those things and having those lessons so that hopefully we're failing faster and smaller but we needed these failures Mm -hmm. and so i think if nothing else a great takeaway is you will mess up you will make mistakes hopefully you can just get better at recognizing failure quicker and adapting quicker and adapting quicker and and using those failures to dial in what you actually care about is a big thing too Mm -hmm. absolutely with that being said let's go through some horror stories of mistakes um okay so i was we were thinking back about how like quote unquote our day one of the like the clinic not like day one seeing patients but like how we started the practice and it's a funny really weird story that is unique um that i you know would you change anything about it so to break it down have we have you mentioned this on the podcast i don't think so okay so we probably should talk about that okay so when we went to buy clinic lauren lauren's talked about um what we almost did about her like associating and then buying an existing practice and buying patients we didn't want and all that would thankfully that did not work out because that would have been a disaster and i think that's a thing that a lot of young chiropractors uh, fall into that mistake thankfully that's not one that we did so we'll avoid that mm-hmm. for now um, what we actually did is we bought quote unquote a really small clinic in a really small town um, and as we were touring it, so like, keep in mind, I had just graduated, uh, from college with a degree in finance and marketing. So mm-hmm. I'm like entrenched in like business valuation. <laughs> like I still have and I decisions on. based on my emotions and how I feel about it. So Lauren is walking around the space, like seeing what the vibe is and, and seeing if she can get a read on the space. And we are, and I'm like asking, Okay, so, you know, if we're going to look at this, how are we going to value this business? I have a few different spreadsheets I could put this into. It was only $19,000, and I think that's yeah. really Oh, yeah, important. I don't mind sharing numbers, too. Yeah, yeah. it was so. $19,000, and she um, said she was seeing, like, 25 to 50 people a week. 
and like turnkey, you know, type thing. So we're walking around. She's got a front desk. She's got (coughs) chairs in the waiting room. She's got a stim machine. You know, she's got a computer, Ikea furniture. Like, it's not great, but it's definitely like not bad. So we we go in going like, all right, it's $19,000. So I had just gotten done with um, our business class at Northwestern. So I'm feeling pretty smart myself. And so I ask her, like, uh, so uh, do you have any tax returns that we can look at or a profit and loss statement? Do you remember what she said to the tax return question? No, what I, I she remember she, she was dodgy. She said, okay, so this was her third year in practice. She said she didn't actually need to file a tax return since she's been in business because she changed her name. So I think both of us were like, hmm. Mm. So we won't mention her name on this nope. podcast. Oh, my God. In nope. case the IRS is listening, they, know oh, that shit. they would know that that's how she interpreted the, the rule of law. Yeah. So then we're both Kirby and I like just stiffen. We're like, hmm. so then I'm like, okay, next question. I'm going to nail this one. Uh, do you have a profit and loss statement? Oh, or I think I even called it a P&L. To look yeah. Like, call. do you have a P&L? Yeah. Do you have a couple years P&L we can look at? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And then she pulls the bottom tray of the printer out and pulls a blank piece of paper out <laughs> and starts writing while narrating. And she's like, so, I mean, I guess we did like 50 or 60,000 last year, right? Yeah. And then she's like, my rent is about this. I pay about this in like supplies. And she's just like picking numbers out of Thin air. I think, was, yeah, out of the, yeah, and I think a couple of times she just said, let's say, and then like, <laughs> we're like, uh, okay. So anyway, she does all of this and she's like, so, so yeah, I make, I make like 20 grand a year. So I mean, I don't that, think she even said that. I think the question, she had like said how much she collected. She was guesstimating. And my question literally, I turned to her and I go, but you like own a house and stuff, right? Like that was my thing of like, in my head, I'm going, well, she's at least, this business is doing well enough that she could afford a house. Um, so we ended up buying that yeah, business. Yeah, we bought that business. We bought that. <laughs> the night, so here's, here's why we bought the business. Was thankfully the assets were worth the price. So she had two or three tables. Um, she had the rent that was going to roll over for a space. Um, she had computers. She had some patients walking in the door. So like, even if, even if we were starting from scratch, we were okay. But the one thing that we did do, and this was a lesson that like, as we were talking through it was a lesson we learned on the fly is when we had uh, a lawyer like draft off the purchase agreement, we put in there that we are not transferring. I'm not going to say the name of her business, but like we were not buying that business mm-hmm. and then calling it Blue Hills Chiropractic. It wasn't Blue Hills Chiropractic formally operating as blah, blah, blah. We were establishing a new LLC. We were buying the assets and buying the rights to the patients or, you know, the records. But we were not assuming debts. We were not assuming. Which worked out well because for about two years we had a lot of debt collectors. Lot of collection you know that whole you don't have to file taxes thing? Yeah. You also apparently don't have to pay your bills. Yeah. But we so. were legally protected. That was smart. So that was a good thing. That was the, that was the thing that we almost did that. Thankfully, we, we worked with an attorney for that purchase. Uh, payment, you so. know, it's so tough. I know I'm going off script here, but like I, when I do look at it, I, there is this part of me that wonders how much. I mean, 
Yeah, so you're right. We could have like bought that equipment for like 15,000 and saved 4,000, but like the amount, and there wasn't a single day that there wasn't a a patient coming in. Mm -hmm. There were days where I had like one patient, three patients. Um, She was definitely not seeing 25 to 50. By the time we took over, she was seeing like 15 a week. And she was also gone most of the month in a different state. But yeah, but like I had, she was just philosophically... Well, I didn't have any philosophy in the beginning, but just like how I wanted to practice was different than how she practiced. And so I went in with like a six month unofficial game plan of how I was going to take the patients that she was seeing and like turn them into my style of chiropractic. So like, I do kind of wonder again, like I also oh, like a mistake would be that we didn't just open really, from raw. Yeah. And- but I, I think I would still do the same thing because it was very nice. Literally, we went to the bank. I, like, signed the papers. It got notarized. She handed me a key. Like, it was really, that was really nice. But yeah. that's with, a pretty rare thing. So with, we don't need to spend a lot of time on, like, if you have somebody willing to give you a turnkey practice for less than 20 grand, maybe do it. Yeah, go for it. That's my official stance. Go for it. If it's less than 20 grand mm-hmm. and you're not assuming any of their debt. Right. Okay, so things that we actually maybe did wrong. Um, So I would say that I have seen a couple, like, chiropractors start up recently. Um, I'm going to shout them out because they're awesome people. Uh, So Lacey and Colton Neville, I've seen this. Like, they've been a huge inspiration as well as Sadie. I don't know how to pronounce her in her last name. Brodiker? Bro- Brodiker? Something like that. Uh, Sheena Lee. There's, like, these these startups that they're... Jen Givens is another. They're so them from the get-go. Um, Callie herself is also one of, that, like, from day one... Well, she had a great internship. She really did. <laughs> From day one, they know themselves, or at least they, they, I don't want to say think they know themselves. They knew themselves way better than I did when we were starting. For sure. Um, And they're like, no, I'm not going to jump through that hoop because five years from now, I don't want to be dealing with that. So I'm not going to start that way. Um, Like I really held, I was a chameleon in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I was, okay, you want to be seen twice and then you want to call me? Okay, fine. That's not my recommendation, but okay, sounds good. Okay, you want to submit to insurance? Like, okay, you want to do this? I will be funny. I will be kind. I will be great. I will be a senior citizen chiropractor. I will be a physical therapy chiropractor. You want me to massage your muscles? Like, I just, money, money. I'm just, I'm just laughing at the idea of you doing massage on patients now. Okay, in my mind, it was like, they, they probably got like two minutes. and I was like, Rah. Yeah. So do you think that's a function of just where you are in life. Cause I feel like at this, at the same thing of like those, those people you mentioned, they're pretty independent. They're badass. They're badass like, people who get th- themselves in life. Yeah. So like, are you about to ask me if I didn't get myself in life back then? Not to the oh, full extent of say, that. Like, I don't think we have time. No, but I, I'm saying that idea of like, if, if you have that style, if you've seen that someone else is doing it, did you have at that time, did you like see someone who was, fully doing it the way they wanted to and really confident and you said like oh but that's not me no but I didn't seek it out yeah oh here's the nuns yeah we were playing so 
One thing that I would have definitely done different, oh, this is a for sure, is I would have taken the time in chiropractic school to go to seminars, go, like, I I should have come out if I was, because there was never a moment, well, I guess I, we were very confident in starting a practice yep. once we got to that point. Um, but for somebody so confident in starting her own practice, I sure shit didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. So like I hadn't taken any time to look at different models and see it. So it's not like that it wasn't being done. I just didn't do the legwork of like, so what does chiropractic mean? What is that philosophy? What does mm-hmm. it all cash model look like? I just like went to school, went to bars on the weekend, got engaged, you know. And on my side, I was I was coming out of school for business. I was on the board of the entrepreneurship club. So I was like, I can start a business. Mm-hmm. Like I knew how to do the nuts and bolts. But again, without the philosophy of like, exactly why are we doing that? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. One of the things that when we think about it is so eventually we went out of network with insurance yeah, and like that was a five years later. Six yeah. Years and later? that was a big philosophical game changing mm-hmm. thing for us. And I'm really, really glad we did. Would I have you? days. <laughs> Most yeah. days. Yeah, I would say easy, 29 out of 30 calls days. And I'm people like, yeah. being able to walk in and say like, yeah, we can take you would mm-hmm. be nice. But, but it, it saves us headaches in the long run. Yep. Would you have done that earlier? Would you have done that right away? This is hard because I, I, I want to tell, I want to be like, yes, I would have stood for what I believed in from day one. I don't think so. I think it is so amazing. The docs who start completely out of network from the beginning, like I think all the docs that I listed are like all out of network, all cash practices. Um, we chose, basically we chose easy hard. Yeah. And I like that they chose hard easy. Like it's, I think it's really admirable. Like it's, yeah. you look at someone who's choosing hard easy and you're like, girl, you're going to get it five years from now. It's going to be amazing. And you're going to work your ass for it. But like hard easy, I don't know. Like, is I it, think I'd have done the same thing. Is it something of, to, to pull that off, you need to know who you are. You need to be confident in front of your patients to say, I believe in this. I know my systems. That's true. I would have been a phony. I like now when I talk to a patient about why we're not in network, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to say a name of an insurance company. See, aren't you proud of me? I'm like, look at you. I'm usually the one who's like, before you give financial (laughs) advice, before you give legal advice. No, I just don't want a nasty gram from an insurance company. So like to like literally when I'm at an ROF with a patient and they're like, oh, I have X insurance. I can be like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. They, I know, here's what's going to happen. You're going to call them, the number on the back of your card, and they're going to tell you, you have unlimited chiropractic. So, like, there is an amount of conviction in my voice of um, going through, I mean, I've been caught on three-way phone calls. I mean, not caught. Um, like, I've Stuck literally had a patient call and was asking me questions about why I was, quote-unquote, forcing her son her to pay for out of pocket for her son's ear infections to then let and i was explaining i was being Mm -hmm. truthful i was doing nothing wrong um for then an insurance company to be like hi yeah dr lauren this is so-and-so from x insurance like are you effing kidding me um so there like i said 29 out of 30 days of the month i'm so happy we're out of network now 
I don't know that if I didn't ha- go through that, like that was just a part of our story. That gives you the that gives you the conviction of to now, be like it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it and because you're gonna have those hard days in practice where you're like, I wish we were seeing more. Yeah. It would be easier. It if would we be easier. Network. Yep. We had a hard transition year of trying to maintain total patient numbers while going out of network. And that was really hard. And that's a lot of extra work. But also you don't have that sword hanging over you. Yeah. Because especially with pediatric stuff, the wording can be confusing in Wisconsin. It's extra confusing. But it just always felt like a sword hanging over your head mm-hmm. of like, until they notice us and go, well, we want to get some money back from them and an audit's coming. I like the fact that we don't have an audit coming. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> we both like, knock on wood. Um, okay, so that was one. Like, understand, like, me philosophically, figure out me right away. Uh, two, I would say, is I wish I would have hired a coach right away. I was so damn cocky and, mm-hmm. like, bullheaded. Uh, and it took years to figure out. As opposed out. to now where you're just right super <laughs> humble. You listen and you take input from everyone. I am actually very coachable. You are very, you are coachable. I am mildly to moderately coachable depending on what the moon is doing. Um, so, no. I, is I, Mercury in retrograde? <laughs> I'm, okay, it's not. I'm coachable. Um, so, but I think what's important is it wouldn't need to be a congruent coach. So I'm not just saying any coach. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like goes off one is first you got to figure out, you got to do the work. You got to figure out who you are. Because unless you know who you are, you're not going to be able to find a coach that you should hire. Um, yeah. I mean, to that point, though, to, to what to what Callie was saying in the question of that, that is kind of the honesty of you may sometimes action is the step of like you get a you get a coach or you interview a coach or you see if a coach is going to work for you. And you don't know until like if you don't know who you are, coaching s- still might have been the best step right away to find out that like, oh, that's not the coach for you. I mean, once you had coaches, you grew with them. And I then know. I liked all my coaches. I know you did. But I'm just saying, like, even if someone's listening, they go like, oh, well, I'm not exactly sure who I am. So should I get a coach? Oh, I think still like, I think the right coach will help you. And here's what I will say is not all coaches will do this. Um, and I would never say anything bad about anyone. But, like, I can tell you, I loved all my coaches, and all of my coaches helped me discover more of who I was. Yep. And there were coaches that we looked into that as we looked yeah, into Yeah, that them, my friends were, that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah no. you were just like, I... You will fit into their model. Yeah, you were like, well, I'm going to... I think I'm going to get in a fight with that coach on day one. <laughs> and I was like, well, I philosophically disagree with them both on philosophy and finance, so mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to work. So, yeah. So, yeah, coaching so, right from the get-go. It's um, worth it. But you can get out of hand. Like, you can't outsource everything right away. No, no. Well, that was that was going to be the thing I was going to say of, like, having systems, because we were inventing our own systems. Yeah. And that was... <laughs> some of them were so as stupid. As soon as we got into real coaching, they were like, okay, here's paperwork. Here's some good things to say on day one. Here's a day one versus day two talk. Here's, you know, a way to market. Those are all great things. It can be, at the beginning especially, if someone's listening, they're going like, well, here's what I'm going to do from day one. I'm going to get a coach. Your coach may tell you, you know here's what I use for a website provider and a paperwork provider and a whatever. If you're doing all of those things, you have to keep in mind your individual situation because you could, you could outsource your website for $700 a month and your paperwork for $300 a month and your social media for $400 a month. 
And yeah, you have a pretty awesome looking business and some patients are starting you to come to the door. You broke as F. Yeah, <laughs> you are broke. And we're going to, we will talk about loans later in this and we'll probably do a whole episode dedicated to loans. But reading the stuff online, I mean, we were, we were heavily, our, our Lawrence student loans were way more than the value of our house. And, and a lot of people are in that situation and you're never going to get out from under that if you're having no actual profit at the end of the day because you've outsourced your entire business and right. done what someone else says. Right. Okay, so number three. Um, defined, I would have defined my idea of success earlier. Our, our, sorry, we're married. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Our, we would have done the legwork to figure out. You, you should have fake, helped me. You don't have to do a fake voice. There. <laughs> you should have helped me figure out what I was looking for earlier. Um, no, I think, I think this is normal. I saw, um, I see students do this, is that they see uh, people who are very happy and confident, or at least seemingly mm -hmm. happy and confident in their life situation it's one of the things i've prayed for i don't remember which episode it was um i think it was three uh that i don't want anybody ever listening to this podcast to attach to us and go like oh and put us on a pedestal of like that's what i want or you know like um what was i talking about you're talking about defining success oh yeah and... yeah like we i i we wasted a ton of time striving towards this idea that i thought was going to fill this little like void of like oh but once i see this many people i mean i remember that number is oh, a fading horizon number. it is that weekly number still oh. like oh, honestly know. that that might be a more of not to put it on you because i was also worried but you were freaking out more so it made it easier for me to like take the opposite role but focusing on weekly numbers Ugh. is probably a mistake that, that I That and the wasn't... scale. If I could just get rid of those two obsessions in my life, I would be a complete person. Those like instant things. There's uh I I love I love Nassim Taleb. I mentioned him in the book episode, but he talks about not reading newspapers. Um, because if you're looking for something every day, you have something to freak out about. So if you're looking at your daily numbers or your weekly numbers and you're making big decisions based on that, like you are going to be freaking out nonstop. Not because, nonstop. On, well, you on get the a great week and you get a bad week. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. like the scale. It's either good or it's bad. So anyway, but like, yeah, defining success. I mean, I remember when we started, um, I thought that I just wanted to see, and I, I hate to share numbers, but I also. I like it, taking down the stigma of like, well, we're doing pretty good. And it's like, what's pretty good? Yeah. What's pretty bad? So I don't mind. I had no idea what I wanted. Um, I thought that I wanted to see 100 to 125 patients a week and that um, I would just be happy. I would mm -hmm. just. Now, what I didn't know about myself was that I am very straight chiropractic, meaning like I don't do anything else. So like an appointment is five to ten minutes long. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't fill much time. We didn't have kids at this time. So we very quickly got to that 100 and 125. And I was like, okay, 2250. 2250, I'll be happy. I can't even imagine wanting more than that. So then when we got to like 2250, I didn't go to 3350. I went to 500. Yeah. And I remember thinking like as we got to that of like, okay, so am I going to pretend that if we got to 1,000 patients a week, I'd be happy? Now, some people would. Some people are listening to, mm. no, I really do. Like, 
I mean, whatever. There's we, no judgment on that. Yeah, but I'm saying no. like some people it is that is their idea of success. For us in our life and what we're seeking, if we were seeing a thousand people, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I wish I would have known more about what our success looks like. Because right now, the freedom that our relationship and our business has, like, and I talk a lot about our freedom and my freedom. But like our employees have a ton of freedom. Our employees have unlimited vacation because philosophically that's what I want for them. Yeah, we found out what we valued mm-hmm. and we wanted to share that with people. And if we were all about money still, we would just be like, here's the bonuses, here's the salary, but you work for us and you do exactly what we want. Um, but I mean, to that point of freedom, so like now we've created a thing where we have more free time, you have more CEO time to like really focus on philosophy and that comes with having associates with having employees. When we hired an associate, did you, did you wish we would have done that earlier? Like hindsight looking back? Yeah. Of like, is that, is that Yeah. Cause so we hired, I've already said this. Um, I shared that we hired our first associate when I was like really tapped out between 300 and 320. Like it was just my mental. I remember you physically. And I said that in episode two or whatever. You were so exhausted. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I have an, I have an answer to this, but I want to see what you say. So here's, I think that what I don't want to say is no, because I don't want anybody listening who's around 150 or 200 or 250 to hear my answer and go oh so never mind I shouldn't we should do an entire episode on whether or not you're ready to do to hire an associate because it is a complicated question that has zero to do okay it doesn't have zero to do with your numbers um but like less to do with your numbers than you think uh but I'm gonna say no I'm glad that we hung out as long as we did because we like worked, we, we were making some dough. Mm-hmm. I was working my butt off, you were working your butt off and we were collecting. We weren't going on trips, we didn't have time to do that. Um, but we were just shoveling money at the loans. Yeah, that was, that was where I was going with it of that hyper focus allowed us to pay off loans so fast and when you don't have an associate it really puts things in black and white of like we talked about this of you know we love to travel and we we travel a lot now but we knew we liked to travel even back then mm-hmm. but when you look at a vacation and you go well we need to close the clinic for five days so the cost so of the, just two thousand the cost of the vacation is two thousand dollars for this all-inclusive in mexico but then it's so it also $10,000 cuz we are closed for a week mm-hmm. like you know and that's even after you account in like okay well we'll shift um, some to the week before some to mm-hmm. the week after when you go like do you want to take a $12,000 vacation to Mexico to stay at a mid level all inclusive you go oh no yeah. and that's a big thing of and we'll talk about this in the loans episode too of like there's not really there's not really any easy answers there are always trade offs in every decision I'm glad that we made that trade-off at that time. Yeah, it was right for us at that time. We didn't... Yeah. Well, we did have a kid. We yeah, had Charlie. Yeah, Charlie was born by then, but we also knew... Ty might have been born. Yeah, when did we have Yeah, I think Ty was born. We had two kids without an associate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because we had maternity leaves. Duh. Mm-hmm. 
if we had an associate, we would yeah, have Yeah, we wouldn't maternity. have had to have maternity. So yeah, I think I still would have done the same thing. Yeah. So uh, speaking of loans, number four. Ugh. I know, I know, but we've gotten so many questions on it. Again, okay, this is, we will have an entire episode. Has somebody written written in? Writ, wrote, yes. Wrote people, in? people have written, written many scripts. <laughs> people have written about student loans and we've had Instagram comments on it. Um, we'll do a whole thing dedicated to student loans. I'm just working up the courage to like revisit my mistakes. Do I have to be on that? Yes. Can I just have you? You can be and like the interviewer. Somebody smart. Oh, wait. We me, and you. Me you and, and somebody smart. You and somebody smart. Like a finance student loan person. Another smart person. Yeah, that's a great way of putting what it. You meant to and say? I'll just be like, "Hey, she slayers." Welcome to episode 27. We're talking about student loans. I'm not actually going to be on this because I didn't do anything except, like, make the money. It'd be interesting to, to find someone who took a different tactic to it or who has, like, a different finance background. Um, Ooh, Lona. We are digressing. Yeah. Hardcore. We are yeah. literally we'll, having this conversation. Yeah, are you going to edit this out? <laughs> no, we're going to keep this in. We'll, 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 we'll talk to some people. We'll do, we're going to do an entire loans ep- episode, um, but in this one kind of falls... Why I we wrote down loans as a thing to discuss. I think I have a different one than you of what mistakes we made around loans at the beginning. Well, my mistake around student loans was I just didn't understand them. And I still didn't like I never put in again the time to figure out like, okay, you owe I owe this. But what does that mean? What is that going to take to pay off? Um, You know, in school. One small thing that I personally think mentally would have added up just just for my personality is if I would have I didn't have any job like I didn't work for the school. I didn't work for Caribou. Um, I didn't do anything like that. Caribou is a coffee shop around here just in case. Uh, so I think that if I would have had even the smallest part time job where I was working like three to four hours a week, even I think it would have kept me a lot more connected with the dollar and the amount of work that it takes to earn it because I got into a rhythm in chiropractic school pretty quickly like by the end of my first year where it was like I just get given six thousand dollars six thousand dollars gets deposited into my account to spend over the next trimester and then as I would get to the end of a trimester um Northwestern does three trimesters instead of quarters if I had like $1,500 left, I'd be like, sweet, I am going to Vegas. Not to gamble, but like, of yeah. course I can go do that trip. I've got money and I'm about to get another $6,000 check in four weeks. Like, no prob. So I think if I would have been working and gotten a paycheck for like $76.13, I'd be like, whoa, like money is real. And the, like the amount of energy that it was going to take to pay back that money, I think I would have been good. Yeah, I think that's the thing is the amount of energy it's going to take to pay back that money is a big thing of like, so Warren Buffett talks about the value of like understanding compound interest. So like he drove the same car for a really long time, but he understood how compound interest works of like, if you don't buy a new car when you're 25, because you're just investing that money, that new car could be a house in 20 years you know if you don't spend that thirty thousand dollars today i think that's the thing that most people don't understand about their student loans is if you're going to take 
25 years or whatever to pay off your student loans and it's seven or eight percent interest, whatever you're borrowing and spending on today is going to be is going to double three times by the time you pay it off. So I remember you bought me and you bought me like a electric razor. I think it's still the one I have today. That's right. You bought that for me as a birthday present while you were in school and I was appalled because it was like three hundred dollars. It was not three hundred dollars. I think it was like a hundred and fifty. I it swear, was like it was really. I bought it from Target. I Target doesn't carry three hundred dollars. I still have it. It was really nice. So okay, for the sake of argument, <laughs> say it was like three hundred dollars, and we would have gone the full like income based repayment, forgiven after twenty five years type of thing. That three hundred dollars borrowed would have doubled three times. So not three times three. Three hundred, not like nine hundred dollars. Was it eighteen hundred dollar razor? Yeah. So I'm saying, if you would have known that you were buying like a twenty five hundred dollar razor for me, so what's your understood money? That so what's your okay? Okay. So that was yours. I'm saying, like, thinking of it from both sides of both, like understanding how much money is today and understanding how much money is in the future. Yeah. Mine was not understanding how the income based repayment program worked mm-hmm. we spent a year where like the the air quotes we lauren didn't do shit except no. adjust people but like the bill was coming in and we were like well we got to select something like these this bill is really really high we owed do you mind you we're gonna talk i think i this. shared it on the last yeah. episode so like 176 you, yep, yep you owed 176 when you graduated when you graduated chiropractic school we had like a big payment coming in we knew we weren't going to make that much this year so we enrolled in the income-based repayment program we did that for a year and I didn't fundamentally understand it enough, and I didn't take the time to understand it. I didn't know that the juice was still running, that interest was still accruing, and that we were never going to... We weren't even touching principal for that yeah, year, Yeah, we right? weren't even t- touching principal. And if we were going to be successful like we planned to be, we weren't going to... By the time we did the 25-year income-based repayment thing, I think it switched out to only 20, we were going to pay so much money, mm-hmm. and we didn't understand the risk of it not being forgiven and all of those things. So that was... That's my biggest regret around loans is like... Just understanding them. Just understanding. It's it's so complicated. And mm-hmm. I have a degree in finance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is worth taking the time or finding someone who can help you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that exists. Oh, for sure. There are. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Okay. All right. So number five, last one. So this one is something I'm still working on, but I've gotten a lot better. Um, so it is ditching the ego. Um, and I mean this in a lot of different aspects. So first I will say that I, (laughs) do you remember the moment that I realized, like, I knew I'd been saying that it wasn't my clinic. It was our clinic. But do you remember the moment in like we were in the car when I realized like, oh fuck, this actually is half your I remember clinic. where we were on the road <laughs> on the way to Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay. So for ye- uh, like, I think it was only like two years. So it wasn't forever. Um, I would say like my clinic and Kirby would be like, it's our clinic. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it's our clinic. Um, but it's my clinic. So we're driving and just randomly, I don't even remember why this thought jumped into my head, but I was just like, hold on a sec. And this literally was the transition, I believe. Uh, So you're telling me if you leave me, we're married at this point, you get half of my clinic? He's like, yeah, that's how it works. And I'm like, that is not fair. I understand if I leave you. 
I should have to give you half. But if you leave me, you're entitled to half of my claim. Now, this is Wisconsin. I don't know. Like, yeah, blah, Wisconsin's blah, blah. like a no-fault divorce. Yeah. You split Not the point equally, of the story. But. And so in my mind, that was literally the first moment where I started to... I had to wrap my head around why would the law say that a non-chiropractor spouse was entitled to half and this is the same for any self-employed business like yeah. you know um but like it's just clearer when there's like a degree of like but you don't even have a chiropractic degree um why would the law and so that started to chip away the ego that even though he didn't have a chiro you he um uh didn't have a chiropractic license any event that i was at so if i'm at a uh, business after five a small like a bni thing if we have kids, you know, and I'm sure there's lots of analogies where there's not kids involved and it still re uh, relates, but like you're, you were with them. So you still had to sacrifice. You were still giving to the business, even though you weren't there adjusting, even though you weren't, you know, like for those startups, you know, maybe your spouse is in a job that he hates and wants to quit but you're seeing five people a week right now and he's investing in his years of happiness in you building up that and so it's like that really that ego that like when your spouse isn't a chiropractor and this is we've gotten a couple questions on like marriage and like my husband don't understand yeah um i slipped into an accent there uh so <laughs> i'm not gonna say what kind no, of accent. so it's when you when you start to first understand of like whether your spouse, and I think this actually goes past your spouse. If you're a single mom and your parents are watching your kids or, you know, like this business is your business, but it's really not like it takes the love of so many other people pouring into it to make it successful. So yeah. that was first of like being a lot less like I'm building this empire and, and i think that's a that's a growth and maturity thing in in relationships with parents relationships with your spouse with anyone of it's just how you as you get older as you develop you view the world differently you always view the world through your own lens at first and then you need something to break that down to go like oh i'm i didn't get here all on my own and and it's not all about me. There are people who are sacrificing. And from my side, I'm sure I was going like, well, I'm doing all of this, you know, website work and finance work. And like, this is ours. And I wanted to probably claim even more than I technically did for the business. But it's that uh, it's the working past what I did and what I'm owed and getting to that there is no I and there's only the we, which... Mm -hmm. You know, that's a that's a direct shout out to Darren, our marriage counselor. Here. That's our marriage counselor. There's no I, it's we. Um, yeah. But along those lines too, with the ego, is like um any friends or family listening are gonna be like, Yeah, you were. I was cocky as a mother back there. Like, okay, so here's the deal. There's my personality, but I see a lot of students just struggle with this. Um, they come out and they spent a lot of money on a degree. And they have the letters D and R in front of their name. And you've been around people who are immersed in that day yep. in and day out. It's I am a doctor. I am a real doctor. Like, 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 and we come out with this chip. A lot of us come out of school with this chip on our shoulder, trying to prove to the world that we're a real doctor. And like, 
we're upset when our family talks about flu vaccines in front of us, and we're upset when our friends don't bring their kids to us to look in their ears instead of the ER. And like, there's this ego that we're like looking to everyone else to fill this void of self-confidence in us that mm -hmm. like, you know, now I still like get annoyed with some of those stuff, but like not even remote. It used to affect me because I was like, I, like, I, I was well, just it, seeking their worth. It's that Brene Brown thing too, of like the story you're telling yourself. So mm. in your head, you're going, my friend <laughs> yep. knows that I am a better choice for looking in their ears than the thing, than the, the, the MD, but they are choosing yep. to go there almost as a fuck you to me yep. and they don't like me and maybe it's because I, you know, didn't say the right thing they at the don't, party they last don't, They week. don't believe in chiropractic. Yeah. They it, don't, the story I'm telling you. It's so yourself. much in your head and if you actually shared that, they would go like, oh no, I was scared. My kid was crying and it was 7 p.m. and urgent care was going to close in an hour so I did that quick and mm -hmm. I was exhausted. Like, mm -hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and kind of along with that, like, the story I'm telling myself is the last kind of, like, ego aspect that I needed to shake. Um, and I, uh, reminders monthly, for sure, for me, of um, that patients, so people who weren't patients, I was so upset with, like, why aren't you a patient? Or people who became patients and then kind of, like, dropped off the schedule. Uh, the story I would tell myself is they hated me what did I do wrong they don't like me they're obviously going to another chiropractor um and I would I would lose so much just energy around the idea of like why isn't that person coming to me anymore I can't believe it I thought they liked me I after what I did for them I can't believe they would leave me I remember a lot of those questions in the early years and I mean they still happen now I mean rarer yeah like but yeah, that's a hard thing to shake when you pour out your energy mm -hmm. and you invest in someone and you think you have like the best thing and you assume that and they, they get, fully understand yep. the equation. Mm -hmm. and you that assume thing, they fully you assume understand. They get it. Yep. And so I think the thing that has helped that most is years and years of patience calling and like getting back on the schedule after like two years of falling off. And I'll be like, Hey, Tracy, how are you? I've missed you. And they're like, oh, yeah, life has been crazy. I've been doing really, really good. I've been meaning to call for the last six months, but blah, 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 blah. Like, yep, I'm here now. And you're just like, so you didn't hate I, I don't spent say this. so many hours worrying about I, you. I thought and you hated me. Yeah. I thought you were totally going to another chiropractor. I thought you betrayed me. Like, and, and they're, like, they're, oh, they were just my, busy. No, my dad got sick, and so I like, went somewhere else for a while and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, a real life example is what, gosh, I hope my dentist isn't listening, but like what I'm doing with my dentist right now. So about seven months ago, I'm paying my dental bill and like, I'm a holistic healthcare provider. I should get preventative dentistry. So anyway, so I'm like paying my astronomical dental bill just for a checkup. And as she's asking me like, okay, so your next appointment puts us to like May 15th. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have my schedule. I'm going to have to call you. Like, knowing fully, I'm going to skirt out of this. Not because I don't like my dentist. Not because I don't believe in regular dental care. Just because I was like, dude, I just don't really want to spend this money again in six months. I think I'll come back in like nine. 
even though it's naughty, even though I'm a daredevil here. Um, so badass. And so it's just those things where it's like, I, if I were that dentist, I'd be like, why doesn't Lauren like me? Doesn't she what did get I do? it? I doesn't figured she, she would understand. She of all people should understand the importance of prevention. She's like, I just, I've been really busy and I just don't feel like it. I'm coming back. Just life type of thing. You just I mean, always even see today, the world through your own lens. It's that tricky thing. Mm -hmm. It's either about money or they're busy or, I mean, maybe they don't like you. That that, that does happen sometimes, especially to me sometimes. Not as much. Well, it's, it's, a <laughs> it's a classic thing that like you learn in any like elementary psychology class of like, if someone cuts you off, you assume it's because they're an asshole. Mm -hmm. If you cut someone off, you assume they'll understand your motivation. Yeah. Like you'll, they'll understand that like you didn't mean to be in that lane or you're really rushing because you're late to pick up your kids and you go like, why would they be mad? Don't they understand me? Like they should understand. I gave away saying sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I mean, even today, like our, my acupuncturist and I barter, I don't even have to pay for acupuncture and I somehow have fallen off her schedule for five months. Mm -hmm. And today I had to decide do I get my eyelash extensions filled or do I go to the acupuncturist? I only have time for one. And I will tell you guys, my eyelashes are looking real fine as we speak. But I my get points. I went to acupuncture <laughs> and I got cupping. So, But I love her. I don't great. have to pay for it. It's just, we just got to not take stuff so personal. And that's what I've done. Like, I just take it personal that my family didn't instantly think I was the greatest doctor in the world and turned to me for every single question. I took it personal when patients didn't this, I, you know, like just got to leave that ego. Yeah. It's not serving you in any way. Leave it at the door. Yeah. And that's, I mean, ego in general, learning about yourself, all of those things. Um, ego is the enemy is a great book by Ryan holiday that I would always recommend. Um, anything stoic philosophy I love is a good thing. Sorry. I won't go too far down oh, my gosh. No, but there's there's a lot of resources out there, and and most most religious and most philosophical traditions eventually get back to seeking to get rid of that inner turmoil, that voice that does tell the story, that voice that seeks drama, and kind of abandoning that. That's where peace is. Any any Buddhist monk, any you know Christian Franciscan friar, any. Any philosopher eventually gets to the point of like most of what stands in your way is how you perceive the world and most of your problems are a story you made up that is causing you problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So boom. This got deep. It, it did. I think Callie was probably thinking like... Like, oh, would you like buy new computers or used computers? <laughs> I would have paid more on Facebook ads. Um, also that, yeah. Pay for more social media. Yeah. Facebook's model is changing, so you should pay more. But So, all right. So, um, if this inspired any more questions, please keep them coming. We need and love all your questions and feedback that we get. If you got something out of this, drop it in a comment or a review somewhere. We if love you're, those. If you're an experienced chiropractor, too, like, what's what's the mistake that what you What does chiropractor made? mean? Oh, yeah. What, <laughs> what is chiropractor? T-O-R and T-I-C mean. Explain that to me. Also, if you have a mistake that you want to share, oh, post yeah. on our Facebook page. There'll be a there'll be a thing when this when this post drops, put it in the comments. Let us know what your big mistakes were. Um, 
yeah, I, I just want to hear those stories too. I want to hear more from other people because I'm, I'm not a chiropractor, so I don't get to go to all the conferences and hear all the stories. So I just like... We don't really talk about our failures at conferences. Oh, no, you all no. just pose and like talk about how great things are and yeah. pretend that you're doing great. Round up by 100. Yeah, that Well, makes... my best week ever, I saw 800, so it's about what I'm seeing. Yeah, I post about 800 a week. <laughs> no, that's a jerky thing to say. I'm joking. All right. We love you all so, so much. Hope you got some great stuff out of this. And until next week, bye, She Slayers. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.